From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Getting out and meeting people can be difficult. Then, remembering those new faces and names may be even harder. Maybe you can remember the face, but the name escapes you. Or you have difficulty recognizing faces, even of those people you have known. Today, we'll talk about ways to help. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're going to talk about names and faces and meeting people. So getting out and meeting people can really be difficult. And then remembering those new faces and names may be even harder. Maybe you can remember the face, but not so much the name. You just can't recall it. Or maybe you're having difficulty just recognizing those faces that you've seen before. Now, some people even have difficulty recognizing faces of those people that they have known for a while, and that's another whole different issue. But today, we'll talk about all of that, and I want to hear about your life, what's going on with you, maybe some of your concerns or some of your tricks of the trade of how you remember those special faces and names that you want to imprint. So share your comments and experiences with us this morning. You can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Well, let's talk a little bit about just why this is even important at all. I think I think you all know, if you've been out in the world at all, why it's important to remember people's names. Um, it may be a customer of yours. It, it may be a, a friend of yours that you see infrequently. The name is really a, can be a very valuable asset for you to remember because what happens when you look at a person, you recognize them, and you say their their name um, as you're looking at them in the eye, it means that you value them enough in their mind to remember them and to greet them appropriately. So if you are one of those individuals who is very well-intended and really motivated to remember, but you're still struggling with remembering those names or remembering those individuals, know that you are not alone. Um, there are studies that have shown somewhere around 85% of middle-aged and older adults have a really hard time remembering names or faces of new acquaintances. 
There's also some evidence that individuals with, for example, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or autism spectrum disorder or language disorders also have some of those issues, particularly um, names, but sometimes faces. So I know it's frustrating and embarrassing, but many of you out there have difficulties with that. And I can talk about some of my own personal experiences as we move along. Um, But don't give up if you're one of those individuals, because there are some ways that you can do better. Um, You're not doomed. You don't have to have an awkward uh, life forever. And it's not a good reason to avoid individuals and avoid new places. And I'll tell you why. It is because if you avoid that and you don't work on honing your skill, just like anything else, if you don't use it, you may further impair those skills. So the practice makes perfect is truly works with this, just like with almost anything else. So my question to you is, do you have any difficulty with this? And if you do, what have you done as far as remembering names or remembering faces to try to hone up that skill, to try to make your skill better. Um, Have you struggled with that? And do you feel like that you're still having difficulty? If you are, it could be something else if you are having extreme difficulty. Or it just could be that you're not working on the right skill set as you're moving through this. So before we move into what many of us have, and that is just simply the difficulty, no real disorder. It's either that we truly are not paying attention or we're not taking the time to imprint or we're distracted by something else. If that is the typical thing. Now, there is something unusual Um, that some individuals have, and I'd be curious if any of you out there think you have this in our listening listening audience, and that's called prosopagnosia. It's called facial blindness. Prosopagnosia is the scientific name. And it is um, defined as a cognitive disorder, a brain disorder of face perception where the ability to recognize even familiar faces, and sometimes even your own face, self-recognition is impaired. So while there are other aspects of visual processing like object um, recognition and other intellectual functioning can still be intact. So... um, What that means is these are people who have trouble recognizing people, sometimes even their spouse, people that they are very close to from their facial recognition. Now, once they start speaking, the recognition is improved, but it's just when they have that visual issue. And... um, There have been several, Dartmouth uh, College has done, university have done several studies. There are a couple of scientists who've really looked into this um, because, um, as you can imagine, 
um, if you're supposed to meet, say, a friend out to dinner and you go into a restaurant full of faces and you can't figure out who that friend is who you are supposed to know. The same thing even goes for um, your children or your spouse. So um, this face blindness um, or developmental prosopagnosia um, can be such a terrible deficit. And actually, people have been accused of uh, being rude, unloving, uninvolved when they have this. And so it's something that has been taken seriously and has been studied. And and like I said, um, the the study of this um, has been presented at the National Academy of Sciences by by a guy named Bradley Duchesne, and uh, who is a professor of psychology and brain science at Dartmouth, and um, and also uh, a younger individual, and I'm not sure how you say his name. I think it's Hua, um, is a psychological and brain science graduate student, um, and they just published these studies this past year. And um, what they found is that these individuals who have true facial recognition issue, that this is, this is a deficit in the visual field of the brain. So in the back part of the brain, where a lot of our visual processing happens, um, it, the processing just doesn't happen as well. Um, it also seems that uh, there is some processing more than just the facial recognition. It may be other issues like scenery recognition. So you might be driving down the road and in a very um, familiar area of your world and all of the sudden the scenes don't look familiar. So this obviously can be highly problematic. So to look at this on individuals, they've done functional MRI studies. That's where they can look at where the brain lights up as um, people are looking at faces. And there have been some pretty interesting studies that we really don't need to go into big detail about this. But if you know an individual or if you have a friend or loved one who truly has severe difficulties with this, really, it is really important to have this person evaluated to see what's going on with this, to make sure that there's no other neurologic disorder and that this is something that perhaps needs some intervention or further help with. So certainly give us a call if you have any questions about that, and you can call one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Now certainly this isn't all I want to talk about because I the majority of us don't have that. The majority of us have just some difficulty with imprinting. Well, Let's go on. We have our first caller. Um, Craig is in Biloxi. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for calling. Yes, uh, good morning. And I forget your name. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Buttress. Susan, okay. Uh, Susan's yeah, easy. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, it, one thing that helps me remember names is if I write them down, especially since there's so many different and new names out there. Right. That's a that's a really good point, and that's one of those recommendations that the experts say we should do, um, especially, you, like you just said, when you're in a new situation, um, that's something actually uh, my husband and I do together, that when we meet new couples, uh, for example, in the neighborhood, uh, we'll write the couple's names down with a, a, a clue uh, about them. So how do you do that, Craig? Well, I, I do the same thing. I'll write uh, the actual the date because a lot, a lot of things are dated, and, and I'll go back to a specific time and a, and a place. Mm-hmm. And, and then with, with uh, if, there's, if there's a female, a lot of times they will paint their face differently, and, and that's hard <laughs> to recognize someone in, unless you're really looking. You know, you, you, know, you get different clothes and different hair and, and different eyebrows, and everything changes. Right. You're absolutely right. And that's something that as I was talking um, with my husband about, um, if you if you are an individual who wears makeup and then you don't wear makeup um, and you're out in a different outfit, say you're uh, in casual clothes and don't have that makeup on, it sometimes can change your face a bit. Um, I guess that's a point sometimes why women wear makeup um, is that it can be difficult to recognize that individual. And so to give yourself some other clues or cues about who that person is. So names are one thing, faces are another, but we all, uh, some of us may have trouble with with both. So um Writing that down, um, keeping that, reviewing the list, I think, is a good idea. Um, I am one of those real visual learners, and so if I see it written down, I am more likely to remember it. So thanks, Craig, for starting us off. Any other parting words? Uh, well, some of it's situational, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to uh, like a restaurant and you see an individual at that restaurant, and then later on, someone's on the streets and hey how you doing it's hard to place them yeah so the situation also can be a big issue and and so we'll talk as we move along in the show a little bit more about how to how to help even when you see them out of the context of where they are but i'm getting the message we need to take our first break when we come back we have bobby from pedal we've got other open lines though give us a call to join in the conversation at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we're talking about remembering names and faces and how can we get good at that we'll be right back This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about facial recognition, name recognition. Uh, how well do you do that? Do you have some ways that has ma- have made it easier for you? Are you one of those individuals who continues to struggle and, and wonders if there could be something else going on? So one point that I want to make sure as we move through this, we, we remember, as one of the researchers um, so aptly said, that much in the same way that human language is adapted and improved to process language um, and auditory recognition of speech sounds, face perception system is also finely tuned. Each individual um, has their facial recognition perception system. And the harder you work on that, we believe, the better it can get. So uh, tuning it up, fine-tuning it, learning ways to make it better um, can certainly improve your visual processing. And so um, that's something uh, you're never too old to make improvements in that area. And the same thing goes for um, the remembering the names. The more you work on it, the more likely, the better you will get at it. And so if you're struggling with that, and you believe that you've ruled out any other cause, um, then we have ways that you could improve it. So if you're one of those people who can help us uh, with other skill sets, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring um, That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or if you have some questions about some of your struggles, certainly feel free to call. We're going to go back to the phone lines. We have Bobby in Petal, Mississippi. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for calling. Hello. I appreciate you bringing up the facial recognition. I spent, of course, most of my life as a salesman, and I thought for years and years I was just an idiot. (laughs) And uh, then I was watching, I think, a CBS documentary about a year or so ago, and they brought up a facial recognition syndrome. So it told Mm -hmm. me that I actually had an affliction. I had an excuse. I did not know that. Uh, It's not what I'd call serious, but then again, it is that people want to be recognized, and I have embarrassed myself many times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if you wait till tomorrow, you remember who they were. Right. But, uh, it just, I've actually seen my wife in a, you know, in a store or something, I wouldn't expect her to be there, and did not recognize her for a minute or two. So it, it can be pretty serious. Uh, tell you my little facial recognition story, though. I've got a, a, a niece that I dearly love that I see once or you know, lives in the same time. We only see uh-huh. one another once or twice a year. I mean, once every year or two at family functions. And, of course, we had a little something recently, and she was there. So when she was there, I knew who she was, of course, because of the function. And right. uh, I told her, though, I said, look, if I see you out on the street, don't be offended if I don't recognize you because I do have an affliction. I can't. And she says, I know. I see you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of embarrassing, but, but I don't know. Is there some kind of a therapy that you can improve on this? 
So it appears that um, depending on the age, if this is a young individual who has difficulty um, working on um, improving that area of the brain, it appears that there is some plasticity, um, meaning that you can um, go to another area of your brain and use it to help. Um, the research is not very deep, though, in this area because it's not been well understood um, for very long. Um, keeping in mind, like I said, the the functional MRI studies um, came out just uh, last year. So people are really looking into this um, more. Uh, so I have a question for you, Bobby. Did you find that when you uh, heard that person speak that it allowed you to better know who they were? Uh, was it just when they were not speaking? You know, I can't really tell you that their voice changes. I've never looked for that. I will in the mm-hmm. future now that you've mentioned it, mm-hmm. but you know, when they start speaking, they're usually saying something that will bring you back to understanding who they are. Right. And and that would bring the face back into focus just fine. But but I can't honestly say that, that the sounders of what their voice makes me recognize them. I'm sure if they had a distinct voice, it would. But, yeah. But I don't think I've noticed any improvement in that just, just because of the sound of their voices, just from what they say. It's, oh, yeah, I know who you are, and I just don't tell them that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm already I'm already old, so it's probably too late for me to clear it up too much. No, no I, wouldn't, I would never say you're too old to work on improving. So an, another question that I have for you, this is so interesting, and I'm so glad you called in to talk about this. So when you um, when you you said something just now, when their face comes back into focus, is there uh, then all of the sudden a uh, couple of minutes into the conversation with the individual, you look at their face and now it looks familiar, or is it relearning the face over and over again? Well, actually, I've had times that I could talk to a person for fifteen twenty minutes just general conversation and still not recognize the face. No one know mm-hmm. them, but don't recognize the face, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. tomorrow it comes back to me. Uh-huh. But but there are other times that uh, when I'm talking to them, and I don't know if maybe it's who they is or how often I see them or what, but sometimes when I'm just talking to them, it seems like that their face actually changes into something that I recognize as mm-hmm. we're talking. Yeah, And that's kind of weird, It's but that's, that's really how it is. You just sort of focus on a, a different face, and there it is. I know you people. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, prosopagnosia. That's what you have, it sounds like. So you were formally diagnosed by a neurologist or a psychologist or who? No, no. I was diagnosed by a television pro. <laughs> I, I, never, I mean, you're the only one I've ever talked to about this other than you know, my own family. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, it hadn't been what the sort of thing you'd go to a doctor with. Like I said, I thought I was an idiot. And of course, it's a great relief to find out other people are screwed up as you are, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's comforting just to know that it is. Well, it's comforting to know it is an affliction. Yeah. Okay. One more question before I let you go. Um, is is it something that you believe you always had your whole life, or is this something that was new, that newly developed as you aged? I began to notice in my probably in my early forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't recall having that problem at all prior to that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I may have just didn't notice it, but uh, but I don't think so. Yeah. And, and my, somehow in my early 40s, it seemed to get worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and it's probably about as bad now as it's ever been, but it's still not, uh, you know, it's not debilitating. It's just right. a so, so, Bobby, I would encourage you to go for an evaluation just to make sure that it's nothing else. Um, because from what I know about this disorder, um, it, it doesn't seem to be something that um, gets worse with time. It's one of those things that you have, that, that visual area in your brain perhaps was already... Um, just not formed as well. So just making sure that there's no neurologic disorder, um, nothing, no circulatory issue, no blood pressure issue, no medication that could be making this worse. I would encourage you to go to an internal medicine doc or a neurologist to um, have someone evaluate this. I don't think it sounds like an emergency. If you were noticing it in your 40s, I haven't asked how old you are, but um, most 40-year-olds don't consider themselves old. So um, I really would encourage you to move forward to have an evaluation. So, um, But thanks so much for your call. I know our listening audience enjoyed hearing from you about uh, your facial recognition issues. Would love to hear from others who, with some thoughts or issues or concerns or questions about name and facial recognition. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. This is relatively speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about name, remembering names, and remembering faces. So there is a reason that the majority of us remember faces better than we remember names is because remembering names is a more complex um, process of memory imprinting, and it involves different areas of the brain, whereas the facial recognition um, comes from a particular area of the brain in the visual cortex, and so it's sort of concentrated in that area. So individuals with um, facial recognition um, issues, it seems to be isolated to one area of the brain. Now, of course, remembering names um, 
can be due to so many different issues. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, it could be because we're not concentrating on that person. We're terribly distracted about what's going on. We're overwhelmed. There's uh, too much noise in the room and we really didn't hear their name. And so, of course, it never imprinted. So as we move through the show, there there. There are ways to work on this. Um, One of them is to keep a list. Another is to concentrate on the name. Just pay attention. Get in the moment. Put your phone down. Stop doing what else you're doing and get in the moment. Um, So pay attention. If you don't hear their name clearly, then ask for them to repeat it. And keep in mind, one trick is that... You can, if you say the name three times, three times, then typically it's going to imprint better. So you can say something like, um, Stephen, do you spell your name with a P-H or a V-E-N? And um, then say, oh, I really like uh, collecting cards from the new people I meet. Do you happen to have a business card? And then when you leave, you can say, Stephen, it was so very good to meet you. See you later. So just to remember ways to help with that imprinting are, can be simple, and um, they don't have to sound contrived um, if you just work on it. All right, let's go next to the phone lines. We have Nolan in Jackson. Hi, Nolan. Thanks for calling. I had a, uh, 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 a question about, about, uh, about, uh, uh, about stuttering. Okay, yes. Stu- stuttering is a difficult issue to deal with. Tell me what your question is, Stolen. Um. It uh, uh uh is 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 there uh, is there, uh, is there a uh, defi- uh, defi- uh, definitive answer on um on if 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 uh, if, uh, if it's a uh, like a uh, a a a a a a a a a a a a so, um, Nolan, it does appear, that's a really good question, um, because it does appear that stuttering can run in the family. It may be, uh, have some relation to genetics, and I don't know, do you have another relative who who had stuttering? Mm, no, uh, uh, no, 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 not that I'm aware of. Aware of. Uh-huh. So it, it can be genetic, hereditary to some degree. Many speech-language disorders can be. Um, stuttering also can be secondary to uh, an injury uh, or a stroke um, if it's something that is new onset. Uh, but if it is something that you've always struggled with, then typically it's probably more of a neurologic disorder, either inherited or that you developed. Now, in some rare instances, um, 
other issues, uh, severe trauma can make it worse. Certainly anxiety can make it worse. Um, and I don't know if you're one of those individuals who have found um, that trying to go through therapy sometimes uh, was not helpful. Nolan, did you ever have a speech pathologist um, work with you on ways to help with your stuttering? When, uh, when, 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 whenever, uh, whenever I was in elementary, uh-huh. Um, I, 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 I had uh, I had uh, I had uh, a speech speech uh, speech uh, therapy and all and uh it went it went uh it went uh it went uh it went uh it pretty much went 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 uh went uh went away uh and I I I I I never really had 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 a bad a issue with it. Until but, um, have has it gotten worse as you've gotten older? Um, I had a a car wreck, and uh, I had a uh, slight sweat swelling of the brain, uh-huh. and um, uh, ever since the the car wreck. I got it. Okay, Nolan, um, I don't know if you had a good medical neurologic evaluation after that car wreck, but I would be concerned um, that that this could have made it worse. Honestly, I would encourage you again to go ahead and get a full evaluation if it seems worse than it was. If if your stuttering almost went away, so many times, just for the listening audience, I know, Nolan, you already know this, when you go through speech therapy for stuttering, typically it's not that it completely goes away, but you learn techniques of uh, ways to help. Right. Ways to help control it, whether that means that you take a breath, that you um, position your body differently, or whether uh, you learn how to just have a silent pause for a minute. But um, if it got better, that means it's amenable to therapy. If it got a lot worse after an accident, I would always want to just make sure there's nothing uh, that needs well, uh, intervention. Prior to the wreck, I didn't stutter unless it was like a very strict. Stressful, type of thing, right? But, um, it, uh, it, it, uh, it, uh, it was it, almost, uh, almost, uh, almost, almost, yeah. For the most part. So I'm sure what you're that was from elementary to. Well, up until the the wreck, which um, I'm, uh, well, I'm I'm I'm, thir- I'm, thir- uh, I'm thirty now, 
months ago. So, Nolan, you, okay, um, two things. Uh, I would definitely go back for a good medical evaluation. And if they tell you everything is, there there doesn't seem to be any kind of brain injury or anything that uh, they can pick up on, sometimes it can be minute. Sometimes it might not be anything um, that they can pick up on. But if that is the case, then I would encourage you to look at two possibilities. Um, Sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes an anti-anxiety medicine um, might be helpful if you feel increasing anxiety with dealing with this. But, But most assuredly, going back to a speech pathologist, a good adult speech pathologist who is certain who who knows how to work with individuals who stutter would be the very best thing to do to see if um, you can rework those ways that you use to control your stuttering before because I know this must be terribly frustrating for you and Nolan I have to tell you how much I appreciate you calling in and having the um, courage and ability to talk through this so that we could do this but um, if it went away and it was gone for a long time, and now it came back, for sure you need to look for any other cause. So um, I would highly encourage you to do that. Nolan, um, thanks again so much for your call. We're going to take our next break, and when we get back, we will talk about whatever you want to talk about, if you could give us a call in, or we'll keep talking about name and uh, facial recognition and... um, how to make that better. Um, And then perhaps we'll talk more, too, about um, just getting out there and meeting people and how you can do that and get more comfortable at that. Give us a call with any of your thoughts or your problems at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We're talking about um, remembering names, remembering faces. So if you have difficulty with that, do you find yourself avoiding new situations so that you don't have to make the effort? Um, I will tell you, that is a bad thing to do because not only does it not help improve things, but uh, you may get worse if you don't continue to try to practice that. The other thing is, if you're one of those individuals who enjoys being around people, you may find yourself 
becoming lonely as you're moving away from that. So I would encourage you to get yourself out there and work on these skills. See if you can improve them um, and, and ways. We've, we've heard from a couple of people on um, some of their issues and what they did to try to help themselves as they move through it. And I'd love to hear from more of you of what you've done personally to improve your meeting and greeting and your retention of those names or faces as you're moving along, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Of course, um, Social anxiety is one of those common, common anxiety issues that um, individuals have. In fact, there are millions of individuals out there with social anxiety, as we've talked about on this radio show before. So sometimes if you're anxious as you're going into a social situation, you're not really paying attention to what's going on and how to improve things. So here's one suggestion I would have for you if you have a little bit of social anxiety. Um, To make yourself um, go into a new social situation as if this were a game you were playing. And you are going to challenge yourself This is going to be a mind improvement game. You're going to challenge yourself to remember very well the names of three new people. So you go into the social situation and you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you write out your little plan, which might mean that um, you're going to walk up and introduce yourself to someone that you do not know. Now, if you're one of those people who has facial recognition issues, it might it might be a little difficult because you might reintroduce yourself uh, to someone who you've already met. But you know what? If they say, oh, yes, I know you, say, it is so good to see you again, and just let it go and keep moving forward with um, the conversation. Don't let that stop you. So as we've talked about, You need to, when you meet somebody, concentrate on their name, uh, try to repeat it. The meet, greet, and repeat is one of those really important things. Try to fit their name into the conversation at least three times and see if that helps you imprint it. Um, If you're a visual learner, getting them to spell it. If if you're not sure how how to spell uh, Shandria or Natasha or something. Just spell it out. Sometimes that may help you. And then um, you can make try to work on making familiar connections with the name. So look at the person's face. We always say that we listen, we're able to remember uh, faces typically better than names. So try to make some sort of um, mental association, one of those obvious mental associations. If there's a guy named Frank with um, blue eyes, you can think of Frank Sinatra and imprint that Frank Sinatra had beautiful blue eyes. This guy does. So his name is Frank. Or um, Michael Jordan was was tall and muscular. And if there's a Michael who's tall and muscular, try to 
remember Michael Jordan, this is Michael. So using some of those associations sometimes can be helpful. All right. Well, we're going to go on back to the phones. We have Harrison in Jackson. Hi, Harrison. Thanks for calling. Hey, my pleasure. Well, tell, um, yeah. So the thing that I want to bring up was, um, as a kid, I had what what I've always referred to as crippling social anxiety. Mm. I had not panic attacks, but I had to the point where I I couldn't reach out to anyone new from the time that I was about eight to nine years old up until about fourteen or fifteen, when I started to get friend groups who basically forced me to to interact. With them, which was, which was great. It was really nice having people who understood that I had problems with that, right? Um, but also really encouraged me to be part of social groups, and even if I didn't engage with them, to um, uh, just be around them. And then when I was ready to chime in, that they were all all for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other thing that I I had for a very long time was I had a bad stuttering problem. And uh, uh, it's especially bad when the one thing you can't say more than anything is the letter H (laughs) and your name begins with it. With Um, Harrison, yeah. Yes. So saying my name is Harrison, it took me almost 20 years to (laughs) be able to say fluidly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I was never treated for it. I I, I never had any kind of counseling. It was always just this thing of... um, finding situations and, and, and learning these small personal techniques of pausing before I say my name and recognizing um, what my triggers were for stuttering and for social anxiety and um, just very slowly over a long period of time, uh, just overcoming them one by one. Um, so for basically the reason I'm calling is to say that for anyone out there who has had a stuttering or does have a stuttering problem, um, that it, it is something that, that you can work on yourself by just by being more self-aware mm-hmm. um, and, and also finding other people who have had it, who you can talk to, and uh, uh, appreciating that it's not just you, because you can get stuck in your head with the idea that there's something wrong with you because you can't um, speak the way that the other people do, and it's simply not. It's just a... It's just a, a thing, and it's, it's nothing to do with in, intelligence or um, or physicality. It's just it's just you, and it's just a matter Absolutely. of out your 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 steps to getting to the other side of it. Wow, Harrison, I could not have said it better than you. Thank you so much for that. Um, so you never received therapy. You self taught. That's pretty uh, impressive. In, entirely, no, ma'am. Yep. Wow. Well, you are one of those incredibly resilient individuals that we need to figure out how that happens to some. But um, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Learning how to deal with the anxiety many times is one of the first things that you need to do to be able to step through it. And instead of avoiding social situations, it sounds like you pushed yourself forward and you were able to to conquer that. That is uh, the very best thing you could have done. Now, um, the social anxiety issue, do you find that now from a social standpoint? Do you ever still feel <laughs> um, a little bit anxious? I, 
every once in a while, I'll, I'll feel a bit anxious um, with a large group of brand new people where I'm just not quite sure what the next step is for joining in. Right. Um, but that's, generally speaking, something that I've also gotten over. Um, if I can mention about the, the, the social anxiety in part, one of the big breakthroughs that I had was around 18, so this mm-hmm. is 11, 11 years ago now. Um, I was uh, working with my dad, and he was doing interviews, and I was um, doing translation for him during those, those interviews. And I could do that because it was a, a task. It, it uh-huh. wasn't conversational. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was work. Right. Um, but I, I realized one night that the conversations that my dad was having through me as a translator were uh-huh. the same conversations that I could be having myself. Uh-huh. And that was it. Wow. Almost, almost overnight, I improved astronomically in just being able to reach out to random new people and starting conversations. So you were practicing it sort of in a restricted setting that allowed you to go through the practice of it, and then you realized, hey, I can do this on my own. So you were working as a translator, so you speak another language, and you were doing that for your father? Yep, that's right. That's very interesting. Did you find that you stuttered less as you were speaking another language than you did in English? I did find that, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, we know that with different languages, we um, may be using a little bit different area of our brain if we weren't born speaking that language. So, gosh, Harrison, thank you so much. We're nearing the end of our show, but I just want to thank you for calling in and encouraging individuals w- with two things that are fairly common, stuttering and social anxiety. Um, and they often go together. So anyone with speech-language disorders often have anxiety issues. So thanks for letting people know out there that there is hope. Um, And um, thanks for the resiliency factor. I want to remind people they can also reach out for help with professionals we have at UMC and other places. So um, thanks to everyone. Great calls uh, today. And thanks to our um, producer, engineer, Jay White, our call screener, Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I really hope y'all will join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.